Do 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 do. It's true stories with Molly O'Brien, episode four. That's not the theme song, but that it could be. Um, hi everyone. I haven't uploaded in a while. I'm in Facebook jail for the dumbest shit ever right now. So, thought what better time than the present to maybe record a new episode. I don't really have any topics or anything um, other than I'm 30 days sober from alcohol and uh, incidentally weed today. Um, So that's exciting. We're not going to get into all the true stories that led up to these events yet. I'm saving that for the stage. Um... But yeah, I, I feel really good, clear mind, um, clearer mind. I'm not going to say I have total clarity just yet. I'm still growing, still learning, still becoming a man. Um, but yeah, we're here. We're here at my mom's house. I'm downstairs. I don't know if you can hear Food Network in the background. Um, it's about 10 p.m., Probably gonna take some Benadryl. Some nights I'm feeling spicy. I take two. I'm feeling pretty spicy. So I guess I'm gonna take two. Um, but yeah, 30 days sober. Uh, I've done 100 days sober before. Um, at least. And that, that felt really good. I, I made it to Caroline's. Did a bunch of, you know, bringers. Um, and the like, you know, not just bringers, although a wise man once told me every show is a bringer. Um, yeah, that was my whole stint in, in New York and Manhattan was when I was sober. And uh, I don't know, I fell off the wagon. Can't really say when. Um, that's, the, that's the Benadryl can't really say when although I do have a vivid memory of Father's Day last year when like the hibachi chef was like sake and I was like no sake I'm an alcoholic and he was like sake and then he just like squirted it into my mouth and that was like the most direct form of peer pressure I've ever experienced in my life there was also just like a whole customer service barrier that I couldn't seem to get past And my dad was there, and he was like, you could just get back on the wagon. And maybe it was a form of passive enabling. I don't know. I just made that term up. But anyway, so whatever. That's in the past. I, uh, you know, I, uh, we could just say I woke up in a hospital. Um, and that has led me to being 30 days sober. Um, yeah, so I, I gave up comedy, um, you know, I decided I didn't have any, uh, time for it or a mind for it. COVID happened, it was really, um, detrimental to the whole scene and I felt bad. All my open mic friends were like jumping at all these vacancies that were only happening because, you know, a lot of comedians, they, they lost work a lot of professional comedians I am not a professional comedian so I did not feel um that I was in the right place to be jumping on rooftops and all that whatever it doesn't matter 
I'm happy for my friends that did. They seem to have made a name for themselves. They got like a lot of great practice. I stuck with some Zoom shows. That was fun. Um, but then I just kind of like lost my foot footing with that. And um, I don't know. I, I, I was like um, working on material that was like really um, depressing and like making jokes about dying and death and overdoses. And just like self-deprecative humor and, and I was uh, got back into drinking and, and it was just like a vicious cycle of me just like um, like you know digging my own grave but I had kind of an epiphany now with the sobriety I feel like I could kind of you know I'm in AA now I feel like I can kind of turn a room into AA even though most people are drinking, I feel like that might be an interesting angle. Um, and it could be like a, a space for me to share, share why I'm sober now in like a funny, hopefully lighthearted way. Uh, I, I do have trouble being lighthearted, even though I'm quick to not take things seriously at the same time. So just working on punching up some trauma in the Google Docs, and I'm looking forward to that, what that yields, and then I'm probably gonna either start an open mic in my hometown, or start just training it to Manhattan, you know, um, still in school, I'm in law school, trying to graduate with a B minus, let's go, uh, I can do it, I'm really excited, you know, I really found myself as a student, um, in the past couple of years, can't believe I'm seven and a half months away from graduation. Um, so I'm really excited about that. I don't think I'm going to be a full-time lawyer, and that's okay. Um, I'm also studying to be a school teacher. So, um, you know, hopefully all that pans out. Uh, I'm also working on uh, this novel nonprofit idea. I got, I'm getting my board together and coming up with a business plan and we're going to file some paperwork about it. And, uh, you know, um, that's going to be like a pro se library. So pro se is uh, Latin for like representing yourself in court. So basically I want to open up a chain of nonprofit libraries so you can represent yourself in court because lawyers are very expensive um so i'm brainstorming with lawyers like um you know who've been in the game for a long time working with you know federal and state agencies in the past so so i'm really excited about that i'm gonna get hopefully financial backing from some activists who got some money and all this. Um, I'm really excited about that. I really want to name it Pro Se It Ain't So, but I know better. And then also I got my coffee biz, um, got a coffee business, but that is on the back burner. So I think I'm just going to marry the two and just have coffee at the Pro Se libraries. But that's going to be like really cool venture. Hopefully it pans out. Uh, other good news is my short film that I started when I dropped out of law school uh, got into an international film festival this past couple weeks because I sat down and I re-edited it. Um, since I quit drinking, I became like obsessed with editing video. 
So if you're listening to this and you need video edited for free, I'm doing video editing for free for comedians and for friends and for artists and for anyone who needs it uh, for free because I just I just need that outlet and there's just something inside of my brain that's like telling me not to charge people, which might be stupid, but I don't think it's stupid. Um, I'm a giver. What can I say? So yeah, uh, I also started a TikTok. Uh, that, that's been fun because random people are liking my videos en masse and by en masse, I mean like 11 people. Um, but still that's more than like, you know, my people that I don't know. I mean, people that I do know, but yeah, you know, true story. What, what can you do? Um, I've been, um, I've been thinking about comedy a lot and I definitely can't divorce myself from it. Uh, I really want to do it. It's like the more I don't do it, the more I want to do it. And I don't know if it's like a pipe dream or like the grass is greener on the other side. Um, but I am a funny bitch, you know, and I know when I put my mind to something, I can do it. So I think I'm going to do it. I really want to do it. You know, I just got to come up with a tight five that doesn't involve me putting my foot in my mouth repeatedly and make everyone in the room feel sorry for me. Or, you know, if that's what winds up happening, that's what winds up happening. You know, all is fair in comedy and war. Um, other than that, we got the film in the film festival. So yeah, you know, it's an, it's a, a uh, what's the word? A, a testament, a testation to my sobriety is like the first time I was sober. Um, I recorded my first comedy tape, which got me in Caroline's on Broadway for like no reason at all. And then now I re-edited my video, Loading Circle. Check it out on YouTube, Loading Circle. If you search Loading Circle Molly O'Brien 2022, it'll come right up. Uh, you could also pay to watch it on Vimeo at some point in October in this film fest. Um, and it's three rounds. And the third round, if I make it to the third round, um, I get a screening at Pinewood Studios, the birthplace of James Bond, and at Raleigh Studios in Hollywood, California. So that would be pretty dope. Um, you might not know this, a little bit of history, um, but Hollywood used to be in New Jersey until Thomas Edison muscled everyone out uh, because he was the inventor of the first movie theater. And... Um, you know, so other people were coming to Jersey. It was like the Fort Lee area. But, you know, major movie stars were living in New Brunswick at the time and Newark. And Thomas Edison was sending his thugs around to the different movie theaters. Um, I'm going to learn this on Drunk History, actually. And so the founders of, of Power Ma Paramount and... Uh, Power Mount, Paramount and... 21st Century Fox and um, what, um, 
Warner Brothers, they all were like, fuck New Jersey and fuck Thomas Edison. Let's go to Los Angeles where it's sunny and beautiful and let's open up film studios there. But now there's a film studio in Newark. It's like two years old, um, which is cool. My friend just sold a bunch of bikes or something to them or something. So if you see a bike in a movie that was filmed at a major studio in Newark, that was probably my friend's bike. Oh, but yeah, I'm back at my mom's house, you know, living that life, trying to listen to all her stories, be a good daughter, single parent, household, you know, the oldest kid, gotta step up, you gotta, gotta step up, you gotta take care of the, the single parent, I don't care, it's the law, you gotta do it, plus we're special needs, we're a special needs family, so you know, I'm helping with my brother and trying to help with chores, but my mom's so independent. She doesn't want any help. She's doing everything by herself. It's fucking tragic, and she keeps, like, breaking her back. It's crazy. Crazy. Um, what else can I tell you? Yeah, I don't have a car anymore. May or may not be connected to the hospital story. Um, I'm working how to best tell that story. I guess the name of the podcast is True Stories, and I can feel myself wanting to tell this story, but I just feel like I'm not ready. I got the accident report back from this accident that may or may not have been reported, Uh, and that was hard to read, and I read that report in AA, and I was crying and shaking. And everyone was super supportive, and I love AA so much. I found a really good group um, in um, the East Village that meets online. And they're awesome. They're awesome. I don't know. Am I allowed to say that? I know it's anonymous. Maybe I shouldn't have even said that. Shit. I never know what to say. They don't even go by... You only go by your first name in that group, which I didn't know. I kept changing my name on Zoom to my full name. And then it kept changing to Molly O.B. I'm like, well, I never call myself Molly O.B., although I should. So I kept filling it in, and then it kept changing. I'm like, what is going on? I'm like, oh, anonymous. So, yeah, you know, sobriety's been hard, um, but only momentarily. Like, I have other intrusive thoughts, like, that kind of, like, compete with the need to drink. But the desire to drink comes out in very specific circumstances like if I feel like I can't deal with my personality or with someone else's personality uh namely in the moment but then if I just like work through I could work through that cognitively um but then also just like beer tastes good and I like carbonation uh so but that's fine i've been doing like a lot of like like i'll I'll put some lemon juice in my baja blast from taco bell and i'll like shake it up and then i'll strain it through like the lid over like a nice pellegrino and it makes me feel like i'm making a cocktail so that's been like half the battle i've been 
doing things like that a lot, drinking Red Bull, trying to get a Red Bull sponsorship. So Red Bull, if anyone who's working for Red Bull or, or knows someone who works at Red Bull, please tell them that I am looking for a Red Bull sponsorship. Um, I don't actually picture that happening anytime soon, but it's okay. Um, no, but you know, it's actually pretty easy being sober because I mean, the the minute you're around drunks and, or people who are drunk and you're, you're not drinking, it's like such an aha moment. Like I remember exactly how you're feeling and I don't want to feel like that. I used to get sick. I used to like perform at shows and just like get really drunk you know, and just like bomb my fucking face off at shows and just like not do a good job. And tourists would be there trying to get like the whole New York comedy thing in and they'd be like, well, what the fuck is this? You know, but I mean, they don't really care, but they do, you know, I'm always more put together on stage when I'm sober, as nervous as I might be, it doesn't come off the way I think it does. So, uh, I just need to get it together and, like, not drink. Um, well, that was my rule, was I wouldn't drink. Even when I was drinking, I wouldn't drink. But then also, like, my rules would change, like, Congress. And then I would be like, well, I could have, like, a beer right before I go on stage. And I would, like, chug a beer. Chug half a beer. And that felt good but I don't think I did well um like I did that at the stand I think or maybe I didn't that was like three years ago and that was a fun experience um because I was like on the bill with some really like big names and I wish I had done better and I got the light I remember thinking oh geez flailing um but I'm reworking my set. I, uh, I'm going to keep a lot of the self-deprecation. I just think that um, there needs to be more maturity. Because I am very smart. And so marrying marrying the self-deprecation with like the, um, the... The knowing better, I think, is important. Like, I, I think I have to come off as someone who knows better and someone who's smart. Because I do tell people, oh, I'm in law school. Well, I used to, when I first started stand-up, I was telling people I was a law school dropout. So that was, like, hilarious in and of itself. And it kind of, like, made sense that I was, like, this big fool, this big fuck-up. But now, like, that's become, like, that became, like, a character at the law school dropout. But my material would sort of like evolve, but I still had this like dropout mentality. So now I kind of have to like, I have to like develop everything into a more mature voice um, and not just be like such a fuck up. And so that's why I think, you know, I'm going to present things like it's AA um, because stand up and AA are very similar. You know, you're kind of just like one upping each other um and telling really traumatic stories and really bad stories and trying to put a positive spin on it it's very similar i don't try to make people laugh in aa that's not my thing um 
I make them uh, put their hands together like they're praying. That's been the overwhelming reaction so far in AA is that they, um, they're praying for me. And I'm okay with that, man. Um, I really like the serenity prayer. Um, so they actually had me lead it, lead the group in prayer. And I'll read it now because I actually, I bought a bracelet. I liked it so much. I bought a bracelet with it, uh, the saying on it. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. Courage to change the things I cannot, I can Courage to change the things I can. And the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time. Enjoying one moment at a time. Accepting hardships. As the pathway to peace. Trusting that he. Damn it. Trusting that he. Will make all things right. If I surrender to his will forever in the next, amen. I mean, God is a woman, but barring that small fact, you know, pretty cool saying. I like saying it. Um, So, yeah, I don't know. Hopefully this is interesting. I, uh, what else have I been doing? I, uh, I've been writing and recording songs on my phone that I don't feel comfortable with sharing, you know, because that's just like another thing that I'm taking on. And I feel like people look at me like jack of all trades, master of none. And it's true. I'm not like putting my 10,000 hours into any one thing. And so I'm pretty self-conscious about that. But, you know, call me well-rounded or call me stupid you know, it's it's just hard for me to to settle on one thing and be like, this is what I'm doing. You know, filmmaking feels like it could be the one thing, you know. But then I say to myself, I don't have to choose one thing, you know. I do it all. You know, I'm big into stage crew. I, I taught stage crew this past summer to a bunch of middle schoolers and... It was just crazy how much they reminded me of me at that age. Just like these creative, hilarious little misfits. Stage crew is always hilarious. Like crew members, like so funny. I, you know, I've worked with a lot of different crews in my life. And um, I can confidently say that they are funnier than 80% of cast members that you'll meet, you know, and that includes stand-ups. I mean, not 80% of stand-ups, but like, I don't know. Stage crew members are very, very funny. And, you know, you have to be funny because it's, it's dangerous, intense labor and being funny makes the time go by quicker. Um... Yeah, so definitely going to talk about why I was in the hospital and and how that led to the sobriety again on stage, but it's such like a long-winded story. I want to give like, you know, the meat, no fat of like why you should consider this story to be funny, and that's just got to 
come with time and, and good writing and rewriting. And I, I guess I got to test things out. But I have a pretty good sense of, not to brag, but I have a pretty good sense. I've, I don't feel like I have to test material out as much. I have to te test routines out, but I feel like I know when jokes are going to land. Um, because if I think it's funny, well, I think a lot of things are funny that people don't think are funny. But if I think things are objectively funny or more objectively funny, people are going to laugh. It's also in delivery. Um, I have a good sense of timing, but not necessarily a good sense of delivery, if that makes sense. Um, so yeah, so a really traumatic thing happened to me. Um, shit, am I gonna talk about this? True stories with Molly O'Brien. People can search my name and this will pop the fuck up. And I'm also like a no secrets kind of person, like very open book. But this, this was like, this falls like in a category that's like almost unspeakable. But it was a really bad accident and I was drunk and um, it's just a crazy story and I'm not ready to laugh about it. And I'll just say that I'm really thankful that I'm alive and uh, no one got hurt and um, yeah, and I, I woke up in the hospital, I'll tell you that. Uh, I had to stay in the hospital for a couple days and that shit was nuts. That was like so crazy. It was such a crazy time. I have to make jokes about it. Like, I don't know. Maybe I could like talk things through right now. Um, but yeah, like I recorded a couple episodes for this thing and then like decided not to upload it. Like th there was like a couple nights I was sleeping in my car, like last year and like I recorded like whole episodes and they were funny but they it was, it's just so sad like my life's been so sad uh lately and so you know maybe it's good I didn't, I didn't post those episodes um so I'm back in the loving embrace of my mother's house and uh getting my shit together <laughs> oh god i really am turning into greg giraldo aren't i except i'm not gonna be doing any uh drinking um i don't know oh yeah he was a drinker that was the thing it was like the last time i was in the city like this guy like came up to me and was telling me all about greg giraldo's drinking and i have a joke about him that um many people told me he would have liked and it just like begs people to come up to me and like tell me these stories about him. And so it's just like, I feel like I'm just mixed with drinking. Like I feel like I'm turning into, into someone that will have an early death. Um, so I'm trying to grow from all that and, and not lean into that and be healthier, you know, drink my San Pellegrino and, and write and, you know, work out. I'm working out and write and work out and do my music and take my Benadryl, study the laws of the land. I'm in First Amendment now, which is a lot of fun 
we haven't even gotten to the speech part, but like I already took constitutional law too. And um, I did like a research assistantship. So I feel like I know a lot of what we're going to talk about once we get to like the freedom of expression area of the course, but I'm still looking forward to it. Right now we're on freedom of religion and I'm learning things like you can't be a polygamist. Well, you can be a polygamist. It's just like the state's not going to recognize all of your marriages. But like spiritually, if you want to get married, you could do that. Although in certain states, I don't know if it's still the case, you have to like affirm that you're not a polygamist. I forgot what state, maybe Utah. Although I feel like it's not Utah. And I don't remember the case name. Um, yeah, reading a lot of cases and bullshit. Um, that's been really good for my mental health. Ironically, law school's been good for my mental health. Um, because it, it used to be so stressful for me. Um, it used to be such a source of stress and depression. Um, and now it's very empowering because I finally like learned how to be a good student. I realized I didn't know how to read. Like I realized I had mild dyslexia and like ADD or whatever. Like the letters jump off the page. For me, and like I associate colors with letters, like it's called synesthesia. So I have like a lot of like visual stimuli. So just like learning like small tips and tricks, like putting a color screen over the the page and just having patience with myself um, has really gone a long way. I also did a lot of acid one semester and like did a lot of reading and that like got me in the mindset. Um... Yeah, I like to say I'm Rutgers sober, so that's just acid and pills. Um, that's a joke. I'm not doing acid. Um, I don't plan on doing acid. But what can you say? I mean, it was really the drinking that was um, making my life worse, not the material of my stupid stand-up. Like, it was the the drinking and um now that I'm not drinking you know I I have more control over my body and uh you know how I come off on stage and off and how I live you know not getting sick missing like a whole day of work or whatever or school um just living my life peacefully and I'm trying to be thankful you know for the people in my life my family and friends I'm trying to have more respect for for everyone who's who's stuck with me and shown me love but yeah I really hit rock bottom and uh a couple couple past years it's been it's been not to be like overly depressing but it's been rough um COVID hit me pretty bad, like, not the illness, thank God, but, like, yeah, like, like, when I got COVID, like, my boyfriend kicked me out of his apartment, and that was, like, that was rough, that was really rough, um, granted, like, you know, I didn't have a place to 
stay. I didn't have an apartment of my own. You know, I had to get a hotel. I felt very lonely. Um, that was crazy. That was crazy. I got like all this Lysol at like Target pickup or whatever. And I mean, I was still shopping at Target, you know, it wasn't that sad. And then I stayed at a Hilton with my student loan money, taking like three baths a day. And uh, I saw they stole a little bit of my application on SNL that first night. So that was good. That was empowering. Felt like maybe I could actually be a TV writer one day. <sighs> well, now I've depressed myself. I, um... It's really not all bad. Um, the Wiggles got back together two years ago. Um, so they're probably doing good. And it fills my heart with joy knowing that the Wiggles got back together. And the Spice Girls are getting back together. You know. Um, so that's cool too. Um, yeah. Here we are. I, uh, I'm just trying to be less erratic and more thankful um, and more present. And I'm trying to find out what makes me tick, um, what makes me happy. You know, just turned 31, so I got a lot of le- life to live. Um, hopefully, God willing, and um, I'm excited to, you know, take another stab at the stand-up thing and. Yeah, and I entered my film into a bunch of film festivals, so you know I got a lot to be excited about. Um, yeah, back in the gym, Planet Fitness. My Planet Fitness has zero gravity massage chairs, so that's been really cool. Been making my own juice uh, without a juicer and without a blender. I've just been finely chopping vegetables and fruit. And like boiling them down and then straining them like with my hand through like a handheld strainer into mason jars. It's like epic. Yeah, no, my life is good. You know, living at home, like I keep saying, um, my, my dog is here. I love my dog. And uh, you know, it's 2022. Everyone's life sucks, right? I don't know. I didn't even get my stimulus checks. I gotta do. I gotta do my taxes. Um, yeah. So maybe maybe wrap it up. I don't. I don't know what else I could say. Watching Food Network. Uh, working on material. I'm gonna tell it all on the stage so look out for that you know if you want to know what happened to me on august 27th 31 days ago you can find out um yeah but that shit was crazy Uh, you know i could have died um i really could have and i guess that's the part of it that that really brings me down a lot 
you know, but I'm doing music. Um, all right, now I'm just repeating myself. Now it's not fun. I don't know, maybe I should tell a story because it is true stories. Ah, should I tell the story of the accident? I woke up in the hospital and they were like, you did a thing. And I was like, there's no way I did this thing. There's no way I did that. And I like called conspiracy in my mind. I was like, there's no way I did that. But there was definitely a way I did that. And it was because I was drinking. So moral of the story is don't drink um, to the point that you black out. And you can't even deny that you did or didn't do a thing. Especially if it was a really bad thing. And I hate to keep it general, but it is what it is for now. Um, damn. I wish this was like a funnier recording. Um, let's see. I don't know. I took these Benadryl getting a little tired. Damn, this is kind of upsetting to me now. I can't tell the story in a way that's going to be funny. I know I can't. I mean, I can, but I can't do it in a way that, like, I'm not going to feel comfortable with right now. I guess that's why I like stand-up is because it's underground, and so I can kind of, like, say it and leave it. Um, it is kind of a funny story. Uh, okay. So, yeah. So, you know. So, yeah, I'm just going to call it. We're coming up on 38 minutes. I feel like... This is like a little diary entry, but I bared my soul. It was like a little, um, little sad, but it was real. And I hope you enjoyed. Um, You know, if you're, if you feel like you want to reach out to me and tell me it's going to be all right, uh, you could text me. My number is 848-234-1448. Tell me if you enjoy this. Um, if you want to hear more about my accident, uh, then you're going to have to wait for me to make it into a comedy routine. Yeah, sure. Maybe I'll tell the story next time. Um, all right. Well, thanks for listening. This has been interesting and, uh, talk to you soon. Okay. Bye.